everyone. We've got a question from the audience that I think everyone will like, and it will be a good way to bring back the show after a long pause, so stand by. Hello, everyone, and now it's time to welcome back the show after a month-long pause. Please forgive me for getting sick and having all kinds of stuff going on. It's been quite an eventful month that has precluded me from being able to record. Please forgive me for that. It's been, let's just say, eventful. There's been a lot going on, and like I said, please forgive me for that, and let's just roll right along. I've got a question from a viewer. I hope he doesn't mind me reading his comment. Since he did post it on a public forum, I'm going to assume he doesn't mind. This is from Shane Wolf. He's asking about the episode where I was talking about having VA ratings reassessed. He says, does this apply to active duty assessments, if you were med boarded on active duty. In his particular case, he had a 10% rating from the Army and a 100% overall rating from the VA. He looks like he had, I'm just assuming here based on the ratings here, that he had a 10% rating for, I'm guessing, migraines. And VA rating is based on TBI, PTSD, and some other things. And he was given a Department of Defense Form 294 and is wondering what to do. The Department of Defense Form 294 is application for review by a physical disability board. And I told him to hold off because there's some stuff going on here and he should probably have some in-depth information specifically on what to do. Now, what I'm about to say applies to more than just Shane Wolf here. This I almost said Shane Black for some reason. There's a, another person I helped named Shane Black. And so if I say Black, please forgive me. I'm talking Shane Wolf, but sometimes I slip up. All right. So, Shane Wolf. This applies to you, but this also applies to a lot of reservists out there with similar situations. You have one particular type of rating from one agency, the Department of the Army. You also have another type of rating from another agency, the Veterans Administration. They're completely separate. They do have overlapping effects on each other. And in your case, you were separated from the Army because you could not perform your job. You were an infantryman, as you said in a later comment on YouTube, and that was a problem. Everything for an infantryman is a problem. If you can't do your job, then you are separated. And before I go on, I will say for those of you listening in podcast form, there are some visual things coming up. I will do my best to explain what's going on, but please forgive me. There will be some visual things, and you won't be able to see those, but there will be some resources available in the show notes so that you can see those later if you come and look at the notes. So let's move on. All right. 
So Shane has these problems going on, and he's wondering what to do. In fact, at one point, he says, is there a point? What's the point? Should I even bother with trying anything with the Department of the Army? Well, actually, I do talk about this in a previous episode. Let me make sure I get the episode number right. I talk about it in episode 48, the Physical Disability Board of Review. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I don't go in-depth into the specifics of the board, just that it exists. In the case of this particular board, it's, well, the Army Physical Disability Board of Review, the APDR. This is for people who are separated or retired without pay. And that is exactly what's going on with you. You have a 10% rating from the Army, which is not enough for a medical retirement. You were just separated. And looking at what you've described here, it looks to me like you've got several injuries that could Notice I say could, you know, I'm not the one who makes the decision, it's the Army that does, that could lead to a higher rating. Now this board is not where you mention other injuries like hurting your knee or hurting your back or anything. This is only where you mention injuries that you had at the time, such as your PTSD, TBI, and you mention another head injury from combatives training. You can mention all of those at this review. That's fine. So when you go ahead and apply for this review, go ahead and bring all that up. You're going to need, of course, documentation to support your claim, but I'm sure you have that. Otherwise, hopefully, you would not have even mentioned this. I'm sure you have that already and that's how you've supported your claim with the VA in the first place. So now, how do you do this? Well, I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to take you step-by-step step through this DD Form 294. It's actually not that scary. I know when people look at forms, they freak out. Oh, my gosh, what do I do? It's got blanks on it. It's got blocks, and it wants stuff. Well, don't worry. That's why I'm here. I'm going to break it down and make it nice and simple. So, you know, as it says on the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you've ever read that, nice big letters on the front, it says, don't panic. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, don't panic. I'm going to take you through it block by block. And we're going to figure out what all this means. Now, this little thing takes up three pages if you print it out. And believe it or not, we're only worried about one. And I'm going to make it even easier for you because the Army version of this board says that you can either use this form or you can write a letter. Personally, DJ says, do it both ways. Fill out this form and in the two little blocks where there's a narrative section, actually three little blocks, just say, see attached letter. And be sure when you write that letter that you specify in your narrative information for those areas. 
And when we get to those, as I go through the form, I'll show you. So we'll make this nice and easy. Don't panic. Let's go ahead and get to the the picture version. You know, in fact, do anyone remember the picture pages? You know, educational show. I don't remember the name of the show right now, but it had a little section called picture pages. I don't remember it right off the top of my head right now, but it was a really cute little section, little show. But let's move on to the to the nice little blow-by-blow -blow version of this, and you can see exactly what's going on with this form and just how simple it is. All right, so we go to the header version of the, the header section, application for review by the Physical Disability Board of Review. That's pretty simple. We'll just move right on to blocks one and two, applicant data, Blocks 1A, B, C, D, E. And if you don't know your name, pay grade, date of separation, and SSN, then, uh, well, sorry guys, not a whole lot I can do for you because that's you and I, I don't know your info. That's all on you guys. So that's where your brain comes in and not mine. Now, block two, final disability rating awarded by service for unfitting conditions. This is where, for instance, Shane Wolf would put, did he have 0%, 10%, or 20%? Well, he said in his comment that he had 10% from the Army, so he would put 10%. All right, moving down, block three. Issues why the rating for conditions which render the member unfit for it should be changed. See attached letter and be sure that the letter specifies all of the reasons that this should be changed. Block four. In support of this application, the following attached documents are submitted as evidence. See attached letter. List of all the documents. See, there's not a whole lot of room in either of these sections, so be sure that your letter has all of that information in there. You can run out of room very quickly on this form, but a letter is as long as you need it to be, so carry on. Block 5, Veterans Rating Information, Veterans Affairs Rating Information, I've received a VA rating that includes yada yada, if you have received ratings for which you were found unfit, then check the appropriate blocks. If you have VA decision letters, then say so. And, I, of course, I recommend sending all VA documentation that you have that is relevant to this. Don't flood them with hundreds of pages of VA documents that don't matter. Block 6, VA consent. You... I would recommend selecting that you do consent to have the VA release pertinent records to the board so that they can review anything necessary. I will put a link to VA Form 3288 in the show notes so that you can download it and use it if necessary. And you can use that as part of your packet. If you, block seven, if you 
choose to retain legal counsel as part of this packet preparation, then you are, of course, allowed to do so. You can do this at your own expense, or you can do this through a veteran service organization like the Veterans for Foreign Wars or American Legion. And if you do so, then you may put their information in Block 7. Block 8. If you are not the service member, for instance, you are the spouse, the widow, or some other pertinent individual, then, of course, you must put that information here and attach information such as a court order or some other legal document which grants you the authority to do this in place of the service member. Otherwise, the board will not do anything. You must have the legal authority to make this request. Moving on to Block 9. We're almost done. Block 9, address of the person making the request. All of that is you, very simple. And if you put something in email address, then you might get an electronic response rather than a paper response. When I received my medical review uh, response, my medical ratings just a few weeks ago, it was all electronic, which was wonderful. I don't like paper. And everything I received was electronic. That was stupendous. All right, finally, we get down to blocks 10 and 11. Make sure you read block 10 and understand it as best as possible. And then sign and date for block 11. And essentially, that is it. Now, if we go on to page 3, correction, page 2, it is continuation blocks for items 3, 4, and 5, which are the ratings information, the documentation information, and VA rating information. Essentially, the areas where I was saying, see attached letter. It also has a remarks section if you need to do so. So, you can use these in lieu of the C attached letter if you choose to do so. And that's your prerogative. I personally say use the C attached letter format simply because it gives you all that much more space just in case you need it. And page three of the form is simply instructions for all of the blocks on the form. One item I will point out with the information on page three is the burden of proof block at the bottom of page three where it says burden of proof. Member has the burden of proof to establish error or injustice. This is, there is a presumption of regularity, meaning the presumption is the branch of service did everything right, and it is up to the service member to prove otherwise. So, that means it's on you to prove that something is wrong, and 
you have to have the documentation squared away to prove that everything is in your favor, not the branch of service. So you can't simply say, you know, I got blowed up and it hurt. You've got to prove that the branch of service did something wrong and your ratings should be something other than what they are. All right. So now we have gone through the form. We know what the packet, at least the form, should look like. And you should attach whatever documentation is relevant to that packet. Every packet is going to be different, so I can't really say what should or should not be there. Obviously, medical records that are pertinent to the case. If you are a reservist, then mobilization documentation, DD-214 is relevant to the mobilization. Um, mobilization orders, things of that nature. Now, pertinent to Shane Wolf's case here, things that I do not know about you, for example, length of service, pay grade, things of that nature. So things that I cannot say, but things that would be relevant to your case would be just how much this might be worth to you. And what I'm about to say is also relevant to other reservists as well. If you do go through with the Board of Review, just how much is this going to be worth to you? Well, there's no way of saying without a lot more information. But let me just throw some numbers out there as an example. Let's say that you were an E6 with 10 years of active duty service. And I'm just making numbers up as I go here. So don't hold me to anything. I'm just making things up. So let's say that you were, like I said, an E6 with 10 years active duty service and you are found to be 50% instead of 10% medically disqualified. So now you are deemed medically retired and instead of having the instead of having the VA uh, what's the word I want? Well you're still going to have the VA compensation, but you are now going to have a total offset of the, the, my mind's blanking here, the military pay that you would receive from the, pardon me, I am blanking, the military pay you would receive as part of the disability retirement would be completely offset by your VA compensation. However, if you have some or all of those disabilities as part, you know, as part of a combat-related injury, then there's a possibility that you could qualify for combat-related special compensation, which is a separate packet, you would apply for that, 
and that could make up for some of that VA offset. Now, I could give you some numbers there. They would be totally fictitious, of course. But let's just say that the medical retirement was $1,800. It was completely offset by VA. And then the combat-related special compensation worked out to, let's just say, $1,000. So you'd end up with $1,000. Okay, great. That's $1,000 more than you had before. So everything still worked out in your favor. That's good to have. All of the extra work still paid off. So pardon me for all that blanking for a moment ago. So yeah, the all the extra work is still good. It still took a little time because none of this stuff is fast. The physical disability board is not fast. The combat-related special compensation review board is not fast. Each one can take six to eight months, but each one does a back pay once a determination is made. So those are good as well. All right. So now we get to the question of how. Well, of course, my recommendation for either of these is find a retirement services officer who can assist with these. With you, Shane Wolf, I don't know where you're located, so I can't necessarily offer assistance there, but if you are near an active duty installation, then obviously there are RSOs on that installation who can assist. There are also physical blank and again. There are also physical evaluation board liaison officers who are familiar with these review boards who work on active duty posts, they should be able to assist with those. They can certainly steer you in the right direction when it comes to putting these packets together. And if you need help with any of those, let me know, send me an email, and I will attempt to find a name and an email address for you. All right. So, like I said, this information is good not just for the person who sent me the comment, but it should be relevant for a lot of reservists out there as well. All right, so that's enough of my ranting for one day. I hope that my tardiness is forgiven. I meant to have this video up, well, long before now. It was supposed to be up Friday, and then there were technical issues, and then I got sick which had me unconscious until just a few hours ago. So hopefully I can have this up before midnight if I'm lucky. We shall see. All right. So if you think this information is useful, then, of course, please hit that share button and send it off to other people. And if you have not already done so, then please hit subscribe over here in the corner. And naturally hit the comment button and let me know what you think of this video. Is it good? Is it bad? Did I miss a hair while shaving this morning? Is there one sticking up and waving at you? No. 
Does my mustache need trimming? You know, you know, give me some comments. What do you think? Any comment is a good comment in this game. So let's play. All right. As always, thank you for being a part of this audience. I do appreciate you spending your time with me. And as always, have a great day and thank you for your service. We will talk again very soon. Have a great day.